Welcome back to Duskwall. As always, thank you so much for listening. Your reviews, ratings, tweets, hashtag Magpies Live Caw episode live tweeting, and amazing fan art mean the world to us. We love seeing all of it. Only one announcement this time, and it is that I will be at a catacon in Dayton, Ohio this November. If you're going, track me down and get a cool Magpies bookmark. Next, Minna is going to tell us about this month's featured charity. According to the True Colors Fund, as many as 1.6 million youth experience homelessness every year, and up to 40% of that number are LGBT+. In Pinellas County, Florida, family resources and local stakeholders and community partners gathered to talk and develop a strategic plan to address this problem locally. Safe Connections Resource Center is part of their strategic plan to provide homeless youth with a central point of access for needed services that are imperative to their safety and survival, including basic needs assessment, counseling, and referrals. Family Resources is raising money to renovate a building and open the Resource Center, which is meant for LGBT plus youth and young adults up to the age of 24. If you would like to help make Safe Connections possible, go to www.giveakidahome.org to make a donation. That's www.giveakidahome.org. If you're able, consider donating a few dollars. In addition, for our American listeners, please check to make sure you're registered to vote. There have been continuing issues with voter registration throughout the country, and ensuring early that you are registered is one of the best ways to defend against voter suppression. In addition, please visit fivecalls.org and contact your representatives. It's critical that they know their votes in Congress will determine your vote in the midterms. Now then, let's get started, shall we? Previously, you all had made a deal with the Silver Nails to get you into the Lost District to locate uh, an artifact that the Circle of Flame was interested in. You infiltrated a black market auction, stole some speared and worn uniforms, and in exchange for those uniforms, the Silver Nails got you into the Lost District, where you had exciting run-ins with ghost dogs and collapsing floorboards and harvesters that almost set the entire district on fire. Yes, it was the harvester that did that, not us. (laughs) After you all had returned to Duskwall and sort of recovered from your, your various encounters, you got a note from Lonnie and Roxanne that basically said they had made a, a break in their research into the Circle of Flame and asked you to uh, come over to the North Hook Mirror offices as soon as you were able. So I think we, we open up in, uh, once again, Lonnie and Roxanne's very small, cramped, note-filled office. They both look a little agitated and disturbed, So Roxanne gestures for you to close the door, and once it's shut, Lonnie picks up a a sheaf of papers and and spreads them out in front of her, and then starts signing with Roxanne interpreting. We were looking into a number of leads on the Circle of Flame. After you confirmed that Ambassador Avrathi was part of it, we were looking into her dealings. We've been continuing to look into the Centralia Club, and that's where we got our break. In the last month or so, six servants who worked at the Centralia Club have gone missing. Duskwall, people go missing all the time, but they usually don't all work at the same place. 
and it doesn't happen this quickly. We've talked with, with some family and friends of the people who have disappeared, and they all said that the people they knew who worked at the club went there for work as usual and then just never came back. Now, we're pretty sure that the reason nothing's been done is because of, you know, bribes in the right places. But if we, well, if you can find evidence or proof of what happened to these people, tying it to the Centralia Club or the Circle of Flame, and we go public with it, no amount of bribes is going to keep the inspectors from doing their work. So we need you to get into the, the club and find out anything you can. We get to go into the Centralia Club. This is the dream. Sorry, why are we even going in again? Because we need to expose corrupt people? Ah, yes. Uh, quite right. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, and indeed with security in that place, it is most likely an inside job. So it, yes, we will need to thoroughly inspect the interior of the club. Yes. Roxanne, like as she's translating this for Lonnie, like rolls her eyes a little bit. Lonnie shakes her head and leans over to the desk and, and pulls out uh, a sack of coin and, and sets it on the desk. And she adds, this is the money that we owe you for the copy of that uh, letter you gave us and what little we could scrape together for this job. It's four coin total. Hopefully it's enough for what we're asking. We're pretty sure that if we can, if we can go public with this information, we can... I don't think this will take them down, but I think it'll do some serious damage. Yeah, it'll be enough. This should indeed be sufficient. The club shall provide payment of its own, but funds to get in the door are always appreciated. We, we don't really have much information that, that we can share. I think you probably know more about the club than we do at this point, but um, if there's anything that we can do to, to help as you're preparing, just let us know. We shall, and thank you. You've done quite a bit already. Any other info you would like to, to get out of the two of them? Not, not especially. They've given us quite a bit already. Okay. I'll sign goodbyes. The four of you head back to the nest to kind of start planning your next moves. Blair has been really, like, kind of quiet and thoughtful, seeming on the walk back. And as you all gather in the common room, her eyes suddenly go big, and she goes, I have an idea! And runs off into her room. <laughs> So Blair rushes into her room, and she kneels down onto the ground and reaches for this medium-sized trunk that she keeps under her bed. And she opens it. It is velvet-lined on the inside, and the crystal, the scrying crystal sphere, is in there. And she's going to pick it up like very carefully, kind of like pet it, dust it off a little. There's no dust on it, but she's just kind of stroking it to get the eye's attention. Like, hey, little guy. Remember me? It's been a while. And the eye very quickly swivels around and, and looks at you and is twitching a little bit. It seems to be almost expectant. Mm. Well, you missed me. Twitch, twitch, twitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to know what the connection is with all these missing persons at the Centralia Club. So you are focusing on that and you're you're holding the eye yeah it is eye level with me i'm holding it like very close to my face it keeps twitching a little bit and then it makes eye contact with you mm -hmm. 
your vision kind of whites out for a second, and then your eyes are still open. And if you focus really hard, you can see your room, you can see your hand holding the eye in front of your face. But kind of overlaid in front of that is a not very large, low-ceilinged room. Three of the walls are made out of stone. One of the walls looks like it's made out of, like, steel plates, almost like the kind of thing that would make up the hull of a ship. Hmm. Okay. In the middle of the room is a large stone slab that's kind of, like, at about a 45-degree angle. It's painted with arcane runes, and there are leather restraints. Ooh. Like hanging open. Okay. The floor and the ceiling below and above the slab are also painted with runes. You can also see kind of off to one side, there's a small table and it holds some bottles, some papers, some tomes. You're standing in such a way that you can't see the door and physically you sort of turn a little bit to look and there's a little bit of a delay, but your vision kind of slowly shifts, not at the same rate that your head turns, but it kind of drifts turning and behind you is the door. So it seems like you are able to move with this a little bit. Hmm. This will be basically your gather information role to see what else you can find out. You could do a tune, you could do survey, you could do study. It just kind of depends on how you want to approach. Um, I'm okay with the tune. I'm going to roll that. Okay. Uh, five. Okay, so you get a standard amount of information. So you kind of slowly turn and see the door. You drift through the door, and it leads you onto a very small hallway. There's another door a little bit down the hallway from you. On your other side, there is a flight of stairs leading up. Which way do you head? I know I have a limited amount of time, but I'm not sure if I want to leave this room just yet. Okay. I'm interested. Can I... Do I recognize the runes written on the slab or the ceiling on the floor? Can I read them? Yeah. If you turn back and go to look on the slab, a lot of the runes have to do with binding and restraint. The ones on the floor and ceiling have to do with knowledge and sight. Ooh, all right. But that is pretty much what you're able to see. You have sort of a general sense of the layout. It feels like it might be a basement. Okay. But that's really all you're able to see before your vision kind of starts to fade. And you can tell that if you kind of pushed more energy into it, you could maintain the connection. As this one minute ends, you take five stress. Whoa. Oh, lordy. Okay. <laughs> I am, I'm not going to maintain the connection. Tell me what happens as, as Blair kind of like breaks this connection. Her peripheral vision just stretches and it almost as if she's being like sucked through a wormhole and all of a sudden she is just back in her body. She is like jostled back into the present and she is just like immediately like a buzzing in her head. She is so disoriented. She she still has the eye in her hands. It, she doesn't drop it. She's aware enough to know that there's something fragile in her hands and she's not about to drop it. But she is completely out of sorts, like to the point where for a few seconds i think she's not even aware of where she is so the door to blair's room creaks open after a couple minutes and she staggers out she is ashen pale 
She's got blood coming from her nose, does not look steady on her feet. Her eyes are kind of bloodshot. Oh my goodness. She she just goes, I saw some things. And then collapses. Did she use the eye? She used the eye, didn't she? Myra runs forward. Uh, Finn is shortly after. Minx is going to scramble to get something under her head and just be like, no, precious baby, we'll take care of you. Yeah, so Blair, like, it looks like she just fainted. She she comes to after a few moments. And if any of you ask, like, did you use the eye? She And she explains that when you all were kind of preparing for the embassy score, she had, like, held the eye and thought about Avrathi and got, like, this split-second flash of Avrathi's office. So she thought she could do that again uh, to see if she could figure something out about the club. And it worked. She, she did, and she tells you what she saw by looking in there, but she looks in pretty bad shape now. All right. Well, looks like we might have a place to investigate. Mm-hmm. I don't especially want to go to such a place, but... So you guys, like, are able to sort of help her up and get her into bed, and, you know, she keeps saying, like, I just need to get some rest, and then I'll be fine. And she passes out again. Minx insists on there being a small meal and a glass of water next to her bed. So that that's Blair's contribution to the gather information phase, and she is going to be recovering from it for the rest of the session, because using that eye takes a whole lot of stress. Mm-hmm. Also, before you guys kind of get into the gather information phase for yourselves, um, just kind of to refresh on what you had learned about the club previously when you had investigated quite a while ago. Finn knows where two guards at the club live and knows that one of them is about her size in terms of uniform. Mm-hmm. You guys know that it costs four coin to get in the front door. And that there is either some kind of passcode or token or something that you have to offer at the door in order to to get in. I think those are kind of the the key things that that you know. Right. But you you are free to do other investigating. I think something that will inform our investigations are is do we want to send in anyone legitimately, or shall we all be deceiving and sneaking our way in? If you want to be in there by your own coin, you can totally do that, Minx. It's simply a matter of the feasibility of getting in otherwise and whether that's within our capability. Yeah, we can pay for at least one person to get in, I think, and that person can be you. I know where I can get a uniform, roughly in my size, given that my girl isn't one of the people who's been taken. And we can track down a a second so the the guards that Finn knows about, there's two of them. Uh-huh. And they live in the same place. So in theory, if you get both of those uniforms, Finn and Myra could get in as guards, and Minx could go in the front door. Right. I will also add, you do know that um, thanks to some of your doings, some of the, the doings of... Uh, an, an unknown mysterious incident on a cargo ship, the numbers of the guards at the club have been thinned, so having new guards showing up might be plausible? That does seem like a solid plan. I shall enter through the front by way of payment, and then you all shall enter through the guard passage. You'll, you'll need to get the uniforms first. 
Let's get those. Those are pretty important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm thinking then is that I'll have you guys do a group gather information check. So you'll all pick whatever action you're going to do. The result of that gather information will sort of determine what you're able to, to get out of this uniform theft. Okay. I'm going to be using Prowl for this I'm also one. going to use Prowl. I did five. I got a six. I got a five. Cool. So that means the result is a six. You're able to get the uniforms. Finn, since you got the six, do you want to narrate how it all goes off without a hitch? I think it runs like the embassy score should have run. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Minx and Myra uh, down in front distracting anyone who would be like poking their nose into what's going on. And then Finn sneaks in through a window, through their window specifically the guards their window and is able to uh, get in and out without uh, anyone stopping her. Yeah, so you, you've you got two pristine uniforms uh, for, for the Centralia Club guards. Any other prep stuff you want to do or do we just want to launch straight into the score? Uh, let's launch it. Yeah, let's do this shit. We're going to start with Minx heading up the path through the gates towards the club. You get up to the front door where there's a pair of guards standing there, and they kind of look at you expectantly. Uh, Indeed, indeed. I'm going to pay them using the money we just got given. I'm kind of dressed as best as I can. Got a poofy skirt going on, and I'll introduce myself as Sonia Cross. Okay. With a K. (laughs) So one of the guards actually kind of leads you around to the side of the building to where there's like a small add-on little office where like he he takes your money and puts it in a safe and has you sign an agreement. It's basically a big flowerly non-disclosure agreement. Uh Uh-huh. And then after you've signed it, he gives you a medallion that has you know this very elaborate engraving of the club building itself and there's some like gold and silver plating on it and he hands it to you and says this is your club membership as long as you hold this you are a member of the club if you lose it if it is stolen then you lose your membership and you will have to pay again to regain it And it is at our discretion if we grant you membership again, if you are found to be careless with it. But hopefully that will not be a concern for for you and uh, allow me to uh, escort you inside. No need for such a worry. It shall not leave my person. Lead the way. So he walks you back over to the doors and... He, he kind of like when you get there, he, he tells you like, so when you come up to the doors, you, uh, you know, show us the, the token like this. And he kind of demonstrates. And then once you've done it, he kind of gives you an approving nod, says, welcome to the Centralia Club. And the guards both push the doors open. Makes you step into the entry hall and are almost completely overwhelmed by everything. There's, you know, marble floors, marble columns that are woven with veins of gold and silver. There's crystal chandeliers hanging above you, fine tapestries and beautiful art on the walls. In the back of this entry hall, there's a wide marble staircase leading up to the second floor. 
There are open doorways all along the entry hall leading further into the club. And all over, there are beautiful, wealthy people wearing beautiful, perfect clothing. Mm -hmm. And the doors close behind you, and you are just kind of standing there slack-jawed, which draws a few stares. People are sort of noticing you. Oh, it's so beautiful. (laughs) We're going to pull away from Minx for a moment, leaving her gaping at the, the place of her dreams. <laughs> and cut around to the back of the club. It's a back alley that is um, fenced off. And Myra and Finn, the fact that the two of you were wearing uniforms, you were able to, to talk your way past the guards who, who were kind of at either end of the alley. The guard station, the the room that you're brought into, has like a couple of tables and chairs. Um, One of the tables has like a few bottles of wine and like some communal plates of food. There is basically a large like weapons cage that has a very heavy, impressive looking locked door in front of it. And sitting at a desk in front of this sort of armory is a uh, middle-aged man, tan skin, same uniform, um, has like a scar across his forehead. And when the two of you are brought in, he kind of looks up and frowns and looks back and forth and is like, uh, who are you? Just hired on today. Yeah, we're new. Um, hmm. and he, he kind of starts shuffling through his papers like, I wasn't told to expect any new hires. Um, yeah, and we weren't expecting to get hired, but then people get killed and we have to fill in. He's still kind of like eyeing you suspiciously. And at this point, you guys will have to make a roll of some kind. Yep. To persuade him that you're totally supposed to be here. I feel like... The precedent we've set is that this will be a sway. Yeah. And it is uh, risky. Do we want to do a group? I can do it. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm the one who's talking, so... Okay. I got a four. Hmm. So they believe you that there's a consequence. Hey, I gotta think about what a good consequence here would be. They believe you, but something still goes wrong. Could be like, they immediately put you on some onerous task that will be hard to get away from. Yeah, grunt work or something. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's like, well, I, I don't have you down, but it's it's fine. Yeah, if uh, we do need some uh, additional guards up on the second floor. So if you two want to head up there... Um, it's, you know, pretty boring patrol work. Try not to pay too much attention to who you see and what you hear. We, we have a policy of maintaining the privacy of the club members, so... All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. And rather than pointing you out into the, the club proper, he actually gets up from the desk and walks over to another door sort of behind him and opens it up, and it just leads to, like, a, a dark narrow staircase that that heads up he's like we've got uh, secret passages kind of in the walls here all through the club it lets us and the servants get around without being seen Mm -hmm. yeah just you know stay on patrol up there just through the halls make sure that nobody's trying to break into anybody else's room or overdosed or choking on their own vomit or usual sort of things okay so babysitting yeah you're the new ones. Have fun. Great. Shifts up in four hours. And he, like, points at the door. Uh, then Finn is gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> Finn's good at babysitting. 
<laughs> She's probably had to do quite a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the two of you head up into this, like, secret passage up to the second floor. Meanwhile, Minx, you are standing there looking around, and a couple people come up to you after you've been staring for a while, and one of them is just like, uh, are you all right if you hit your head or something? Oh, no, no, sorry. I was... It is my first time, and I was simply, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a bit of an architect, you see, and I was admiring the design. Uh, well, I mean, it's not that good. It's simply a repurposed manor home. If they'd built something from the ground up, this could have been truly spectacular, but I suppose it will do. Indeed. Although perhaps that happening is not out of the question at some point in the future. Uh, is there a schedule about or shall uh, or shall we simply retire oh you can do whatever you like there's the dining hall the music room there's lounges and then uh for more private entertainment you can head upstairs uh i think i shall be enjoying the music room you care to join me uh and they kind of like look you up and down and like are clearly not even trying to hide it judging your clothes like uh mm -hmm. no we're on our way elsewhere but do have fun very well very well and they they head off all right um i think i will actually head towards the music room minx is maybe going to take a little a little while to like actually appreciate some things and probably feel uncharacteristically embarrassed being looked down on in this situation. Yeah. So the music room is easy enough to find. There's uh, piano music and uh, a vocalist uh, that can be heard. There's a couple people who seem to be actually listening to the music, but most of the people in this room are, you know, kind of having their own conversations, some of them pretty loud. Mm -hmm. One of them you hear, it's a group of, of nobles like standing off in a corner, and one of them is very loudly complaining about having to find a new carriage driver. My last one is so unreliable. You know, he kept claiming a sick family, but I'm certain that it was drink, and it's just so hard to find good help these days. And the others are like, uh, you know, acting like very sympathetic and just complaining about a lot of their staff and the problems that they have with, with keeping good people around. Mm -hmm. I don't think Minx can stay in any one place too long, because if I am already visibly looked down upon, I will likely just end up being the girl sitting alone. So I kind of don't want to be that. I don't want to draw attention right now. Okay. Contrary to all of Minx's instincts... <laughs> <laughs> She's going to try to be subtle um, and just in general get the full layout of the place in those areas I can wander. Okay. So it seems like the front half of the first floor is is open to you. You kind of cross the hall and peek in and see the dining hall, which basically looks like just a like miniature restaurant and bar. There's a lot of tables that are draped in linen and set with china. You can smell the the food that's being served, and it, it's, you know, unlike anything that you've ever smelled before, definitely nothing that you've ever had the, the coin to be able to afford to eat. Mm -hmm. Most of the nobles leave their plates, like, half-eaten. Most of the, it seems like a lot of the food is just being thrown out. Mm -hmm. 
there's a few rooms that are just kind of like lounges, sort of, where like the lighting is a little lower. Um, there's a lot of like couches and chase lounges where people are just kind of like sitting about on them. There's a couple servants like standing by serving drinks and refreshments. There's a side table that holds a, a silver bowl that is full of something that you have only ever read about. It is uh, about half full of small apple slices. And apples are one of those things that, like, everybody's heard of them, but it's sort of like, you know, it would be like for people in, in our status, in our world of, like, having a private jet. It's not something that we ever expect to be able to experience. Ooh. And there's just a bowl of apples sitting out here in this room. And I can just take them? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a plate of apples. They are crisp and tart and sweet and and delicious. <laughs> and while you're you're standing there savoring these apples, you are just kind of like looking around the room. There's a trio of women standing off to the side. They have wine glasses and they're talking and laughing. And there's a, a young man in a servant's uniform, like kneeling down beside them, cleaning up spilled wine with a towel. And, like, just as he finishes up, one of the women glances over and smirks and just dumps the rest of her glass out on the floor and partially on him. Even from across the room, you can, like, see him kind of grit his teeth and then stand up and apologize and leave the room to go get a fresh towel. And, like, as soon as he's turned his back, they all start laughing at him. Minx has to, like, stop herself from, like, striding towards them. Just sort of like takes one step, but then kind of realizes that there's a lot of people here and this is not the time. She's going to cover her mouth with her handkerchief, but just kind of like fucking fume for a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's where we'll, we'll leave Minx for the moment, just sort of glowering at everyone in here. Mm -hmm. And I think like cinematically, the camera just kind of like goes up from Minx up through the floor to the, the hallway where we see Finn and Myra walking down a hall that has a number of, of doors lining it. It seems like this area is reasonably soundproofed, but you can still hear muffled laughter, muffled moaning, a whole variety of interesting sounds coming from the other sides of these doors. There are a couple servants around, but don't really seem to be any other guards. So what would the two of you like to, to do? I guess I'm trying to think where we're going to be trying to look for information about this. Well, from what Blair told you, the, the vision that she had using the eye, she thought that there was some kind of thing in an underground location. So we'd be trying to go down if at all possible. Yeah. I mean, there is the secret passages that you could try to check out and see where that will get you. You could also just, like, try to head down the main stairs and see if you're able to sort of find your way anywhere. If we can find the secret passages, that'd be best. I'm going to think maybe try a survey. Okay. I will follow with. Uh, that's a four. The two of you kind of very slowly move through the halls, like sort of looking at the walls, trying to see if you can find anything. And as you're doing this, you notice that one of the servants who's up here is kind of like starting to notice that you're not acting like normal guards on patrol. So you can either withdraw and, and try a different approach, or you, you can do it, but there is some kind of minor consequence. 
I think I'm going to try a different approach. Okay. I'm going to stay on target. <laughs> okay, so Finn is going to keep searching. Um, so that's going to be a risky role for you. Myra, okay. what do you want to attempt? If Finn's going to press on, I think Myra's going to take her cue and also press on. Okay. So then Finn, go ahead and, and make a roll to continue searching, but it is going to be risky. I'm going to use a prowl for this one. Okay. Okay, so six and a four. All right. You are able to find another secret passage that will lead you down and you step out into the kitchen, which is fairly large, very crowded, and very, very hot. There's several like ovens and stoves running. There are servants sort of rushing around, preparing food, carrying food out. A couple of them shoot you sort of confused looks, but they are clearly too busy to, like, slow down and do anything about the fact that the two of you have just wandered in here. Mm -hmm. As you, you move into the kitchen, you see that the back door is open and you hear shouting coming from that direction. Someone's in trouble. Let's go look. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys kind of make your way over there, you see filling most of the doorway is a, a, a fairly tall, kind of burly-looking man, also in a, a servant's uniform, but his has a bit more of the, like, brass detailing on it. Like, it's it's a little fancier than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. He is mid-tirade, yelling at a young woman who's in a regular servant's uniform, who is not huddled on the ground, but kind of, like hunched over on herself, kind of curled in on herself and crying. Yeah, she's on the way to the ground at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And as you get closer, you you hear him, You have no right to that! None! That is not for you! I don't care where it is, if it's on these tables or in the trash! That is not yours! And you are stealing from the club! And she, you know, you kind of hear in between the, the sobs of like, It was it was in the trash! It wasn't going to be used! And my parents need the... I don't care! And... He, like, kind of shoves her back a step and is like, get out! You are done! And she's, like, continuing to, like, cry and, and plead with him. Sir? He stops, like, a little taken aback that anybody is addressing him and whirls around and is like, what are you doing in here? You lost the guard stations that way. I'm here to investigate the theft. There's nothing that needs to be investigated. I caught her pulling food out of the trash behind the place. There's no investigation. I don't really have any say on whether I want to be here or not. They just told me something happened down here and I needed to come and get statements. So are you going to let me do my job or do you want to have the club be down another guard tonight? Gonna need to make a roll. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds like a, a sway. That's what that is. Or a command if you have that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be risky. I know. Because I'm per hour and he is salaried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I rolled a one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. I messed up real bad. That's what happened here. He just, like, stares at you for a second, like, bewildered that anyone would dare talk to him this way. And then moves in towards you and is like, I... I'm not doing a goddamn thing that you say. Get your ass out of my kitchen, or I will have you fired too. Now go. 
So you lose this opportunity. I'm gonna. Like, he's just not. I know he's not gonna do anything for me, but can I punch him? Yeah. Yeah, you sure can. You can. Yep. You can 100% punch him. Yeah, cool. Because <laughs> he's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> six. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most fin thing ever. This, this set of two rolls here. Yeah, you don't talk to Finn like that. <laughs> T- tell me what this this very solid hit looks like. So I'm picturing this guy as like a mountain of a man. Is that correct? Yeah, he's he's pretty tall. Okay, and I'm a shrimp of a girl, aside from my muscles. So uppercut, like a big little like doomfist style jump and uppercut <laughs> at the same time to like get him square in the jaw. Yeah, and his like he was not expecting it at all. Yeah, like, of course he wouldn't. He wouldn't expect anyone yeah. to raise a hand against him. He doesn't even like people talking to him. Yeah, so like his head snaps back. You can see like a little spurt of blood come out of his mouth, and the the kitchen goes dead silent. I hate like this. everybody stops moving and is just staring. He's slowly lowering his head to look at you, but hasn't moved yet. He's still also kind of recovering from the shock of this. Mm-hmm. So y- you guys have an opportunity to do something here before this escalates further. <laughs> Everyone's gone silent. I'm going to like look around and I'm going to be like, get back to work. And then I'm going to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Where... <laughs> Where are you running to? Um, is the towards the girl who is getting chewed out? Is there like a path past her? So, in terms of, I'll, I'll tell you what the exits are. There's the secret passage that you came through. There's a hallway that leads to the guard station that you can see. There's a door that, like, when you guys first came in here, you saw swinging open and shut. That looks like it leads just out into the main hall. Mm-hmm. And then there's a a, a cellar door. That's kind of like propped open. That is a flight of stairs heading down. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is I want to do like sort of a slingshot around the moon to get trajectory sort of thing where I slingshot around the Mr. McDouche face and grab the girl and then head for the cellar. Okay. So you're going to do that and that will be a roll. Uh-huh. Um, Myra, what are you doing? <laughs> do you think that Myra can tell Finn's intentions like where oh, she's planning yeah. to go? They're- their best friend. Okay, then she's just gonna run straight for the cellar. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Side note, this girl is ours now. We are adopting her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is exactly what I wanted. Alright. Uh, let me come up. I also hey. feel like Myra both expected this and understands exactly what Finn's going for <laughs> because this just happens. Okay, so Myra, I think that you are able to sprint to the cellar without any difficulty. Finn, you are pulling something that is a bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah. And therefore will require a, a roll of some kind. Bring rocket science into this. Um, so I'm guessing finesse would be good for this, right? Or prowl? Prowl, probably, I feel like. I'm going to push myself. Uh, that's too stress. Ah, six. <laughs> God. <laughs> you were just on fire. I love this little pink <laughs> dice. Aw. As you're kind of whipping around this guy, he, ta- he like, 
tries to get you with a haymaker and you just, because you're so much shorter, you just easily duck under. You grab the girl who is too stunned by this entire turn of events to resist you and just haul her across the kitchen down into the cellar and I assume yank the door shut behind you. Yeah. Okay, so the three of you are now in the cellar. I, and I, I think that we'll, like, the, the scene cuts on, like, the cellar door slams shut, and then we cut back over to Minx. Mm-hmm. Has, has Minx moved on from the lounge where she was enjoying some apples, or? Yes. She's, she's picking up the pace a little bit. You, you've basically kind of looped the, the, the first floor and haven't really seen in the areas that you have access to as, as a guest um, anything that looks like it would lead to a basement. You have encountered a few closed doors, a couple of which you're guessing lead back to kind of like the servants area because you have seen servants go in and out with trays of food and drink and whatever. And then there's one door that is closed and has a single guard standing in front of it that nobody has gone in or out of. Okay. I will say at at this point, you do hear from behind one of the doors that the servants were going in and out of. You hear a little bit of a a commotion and some raised voices. Mm -hmm. I wonder what that was. (laughs) I'll, I'll approach the guard at the door and say, dear, is that a normal commotion for what I presume to be the kitchen. Oh, um, I, sorry, ma'am. I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm not hearing anything. Um, I'm sure it's nothing to, to worry about. Um, uh, well, please continue on. Uh, enjoy yourself here. Well, be over here gaslighting our customers. Well, I mean, <laughs> forgive me if I don't, if I'm not familiar enough to know which sounds are proper or not, but it, it did indeed sound like multiple people clamoring and struggling in some fashion. It wasn't just yelling. It's possible you also heard something from upstairs. Some people uh, enjoy that sort of thing. Did quite distinctly hear it from behind that specific door, my dear. Are you trying to... What are you trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to, like, get him to, like, go check through the door. Okay. Uh, Give me a roll, then. Yes. Triple sixes. Jesus. The devil's number. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that like he sounds kind of skeptical or he's like kind of eyeing you skeptically and starts like opening his mouth to make another denial. And then there's just this loud shout from within the kitchen and then a sound of what sounds like something like falling down and breaking. (laughs) And the guard kind of grimaces and is like, ah. Yes, see, that's what I was talking about. Perhaps you're correct, ma'am. I'll uh, go see what the, the trouble is. Um, please don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sure it's just uh, uh, some perhaps difficulties with the staff. Uh, please uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> we'll leave it in your capable hands. <laughs> he, he heads off towards the kitchen. He's not wrong. <laughs> I'm going to slide on in that door if I can. Uh, it's locked. Can I do something about that? Uh, I mean, you can try to. Are, are things like lockpicks something I have, or can that be covered in burglary gear or tinkering tools? You can definitely have the thing where you like pull lockpicks out of your, your elegantly styled hair. Yes, I will absolutely do that. <laughs> and try to pick it, and try to look casual about it. So, you are trying to pick a lock in a well-lit area with a lot of other people around. Correct. Uh, so this is going to be desperate. Uh-huh. 
I get XP. <laughs> and, and yeah, mark yourself some experience. Okay. Uh, Devil's Bargain? Uh, yeah, what does that look like? As you were talking with the guard, Elstera Avrathi comes down from the second floor. She hasn't seen you yet. Oh, but no. But she is here. That's the Devil's Bargain I'll offer you. I like it. I'll take it. All right. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You got a six? That's, that's Damn. fucking four sixes. So you like glance over and see her come down the stairs and you're like, oh shit. And then the lock gives uh-huh. uh, and you just ease yourself inside. Yep. So you find yourself in an office. Oh. It actually looks fairly similar to the little office that you were brought into when you like first kind of went through the whole membership thing. There's a desk. There's a couple very plush chairs in front of the desk. There's some nice paintings and stuff on the walls. There is another door opposite the desk, basically. As you're kind of standing here looking around, you remember that the first time you came to the Centralia Club and just asked some questions, the guard told you that there was uh, sort of like an elite membership level, Mm. that that was the only way to get access to the third floor. All right. I'm going to take my time looking through the office. Perhaps find a premium membership token, try to figure out whose office this is. Give me some kind of role for for case in the room. Five, so partial. Okay. There's not a lot of paperwork in here. Um, It doesn't necessarily seem to belong to anybody in particular. You do find a drawer that contains, they look almost like those like velvet covered boxes that you get jewelry in. And when you take one of those out and open it up, that contains a medallion that looks very similar to the one that you have, but it is plated in platinum Ooh. as opposed to gold and silver. So you're like, oh, yeah, that's probably the premium membership thing. Gotcha. You, you find that and I assume like slip it into uh, a pocket because, God damn it, Duskwall might be a corrupt, blighted, darkness plunged hellscape, but the dresses have pockets. Yep. <laughs> good. So you slip that into your pocket, and as you do that and close the drawer, you hear voices on the other side of the door that you came through. One of the voices is Avrathi, and then you hear what sounds like the jangling of keys. Oh, dear. Um, Yeah, so you are now in a risky position. Yeah. The the exit points that you can see are the door that you came in, Uh and then there's another door that's opposite the desk. Uh, let's go for it. Okay. It is locked. Uh, let's pick it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and push myself here. So fives. So I think both of the doors unlock basically at the same time. Oh, no. You get your door open and like step inside, but Avrathi sees somebody going up the stairs. What? Who? Uh, I'm going to keep moving. Stop, (laughs) who? Shut the door behind me. Door slams and Minx sprints up the stairs into who knows what. Thanks for listening. The Magpies will be back in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at magpies underscore pod. The Magpies podcast is hosted and produced by Ree. Follow me on Twitter at Rhiannon42. Blair Colhane is played by Kim Kogut. Follow her on Twitter at Jones. Minx is played by Josie. Follow her on Twitter at Dragon Girl Josie. And watch her art streams at picarto.tv 
slash dragongirljosie. Myra Keel is played by Minna. Follow her on Twitter at MinaMinar. And Finn Haig is played by Madge. Follow her on Twitter at MadgeQuips. The opening and closing theme music is from Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola by Kevin McLeod, and is used under a Creative Commons license. The Blades in the Dark roleplay system is the creation of John Harper and is published by Evil Hat Productions. And when you all come in, uh, Roxanne kind of gestures for you to, to close the door behind you. Oh, are you okay? I just huh? pulled my dice bag into my lap. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. I just had a momentary feeling that it was like spilling water into my lap. That thing where you're so startled and uncomfortable with it. <laughs> anyway, we're good. Um, we have so- a blooper. <laughs>